Good morning for Monday, November 17, 2014. Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on today's front page. Nuclear deal with Iran faces obstacles. Obama confirms that ISIS killed third American. And tactics are set for a decision from Ferguson. In today's national headlines, State Department is hit by hackers in a fourth breach. Some hiccups, but Exchange's website is in good health. And Colorado weighs in on edible marijuana. In today's financial headlines, clicks, not gold stars, track student conduct. Times Square's biggest and most expensive digital billboard is set to shine. And Unilever sues rival over use of mayo. There will be more business stories, more national and world news, a roundup from the sports page, and New York Times columnist Paul Krugman. Now, as selected by the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top stories written from Washington. Nuclear deal with Iran faces obstacles. When President Obama wrote last month to Iran's Supreme Leader Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, urging him to overcome a decade of mistrust and negotiate a deal limiting Tehran's nuclear ambitions, it was perhaps the president's last effort to reach a reconciliation with Iran that could remake the Middle East. Today, Obama needs a foreign policy accomplishment more than ever, and he sees time running out on his hope of changing the calculus in the Middle East where Americans are against his instincts back on the ground. But the forces arrayed against a deal are formidable, not just Khamenei and the country's hardliners, but newly empowered Republicans, some of his fellow Democrats, and many of the United States' closest allies. As negotiators head back to Vienna this week for what they hope will be the final round of talks, Obama's top national security advisors put the chance of reaching an agreement this month at 40 to 50 percent. Yet, even if a deal is struck, it will be the beginning of an argument rather than the end of one. For many of the president's adversaries, the details of whatever deal he emerges with are almost beside the point. In every nation involved, this negotiation is a proxy for something bigger, argues Robert Litwack, a Wilson Center scholar and author of Iran's nuclear chess, calculating America's moves. Here it is a test of Obama's strength and strategy, he said. In Tehran, it is a proxy for a fundamental choice, whether Iran is going to continue to view itself as a revolutionary state or whether it's going to be a normal country, which so many of its young people yearn for it to become. But Litwack's observation about how the deal is a proxy for other issues applies equally to the rest of the key players in the negotiations, Israel, Saudi Arabia, Russia, and Western Europe. Obama has made clear that in the near term he would act on his own authority to temporarily suspend his sanctions step by step as the Iranians complied with a deal. But he confronts that problem only if there is a deal. If not, American officials hint they will press for another extension of talks, betting that the combination of falling oil prices, the threat of new sanctions and the possibility of more sabotage or military action will eventually lead to an accord. Yet Khamenei, American and European intelligence officials say, may be betting that time is on Iran's side. They've concluded that the Supreme Leader believes the recent election has weakened Obama and that the talks have already led to an acknowledgement of Iran's right to enrich uranium on its own soil. 
What the Iranians are looking for is a narrative of victory, one American diplomat said last week, a way to say the West backed down and admitted Iran will be able to produce its own nuclear fuel one day in unlimited quantity. What Congress needs, the diplomat said, is a narrative that Iran was forced to dismantle what it has.